Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone. This is Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on this episode, I'm excited to be talking with Jay Swanson, a clinician from one of our Philadelphia offices, and we'll be talking about music therapy. So welcome back, Jay. Thank you so much. You know, I, I know for me, music plays such a special role in, in my life. I can hear a specific song and it will transport me back in time to a specific moment or memory in my life. And I just feel like music is just so naturally healing as well. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah. So let's begin. Let's start with, tell us a little bit about what got you interested in music therapy. Yeah. So I was a pretty serious classical flute player um, when I was in high school and then through my undergrad in college. And I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with it. It didn't, it didn't satisfy me completely. Plus it's just very competitive to try to be a classical flute player in orchestras or um, whatever else. And I have always also been someone who wants to connect with other humans. Um, I had heard that music therapy was a thing kind of in later high school. So when I graduated undergrad, I looked into it more. Um, and I also had the opportunity after undergrad to do some um, traveling with a program where we uh, connected with musicians in I went to um, Egypt and I went to Qatar we connected with musicians there and then also did some um, kind of work with kids and teaching and performing and that led me to think yes this is what this is how I want to use music is this kind of using music to connect with others using music to build relationships using music to um, help in in some way um, so that was when I started looking into how can I become a music therapist? And I um, ended up going to grad school at Temple University and getting my master's in music therapy. Gosh, that's amazing. And so, you know, looking at music therapy and what it is, can you tell us a little bit about it, uh, what it is and how it differs from other types of therapy? Yeah, so music therapy is... You know, there's a lot of, there's a couple of official written out definitions of it um, differing based on who is, you know, what someone's approach is. Um, at this point in my career, I think of music therapy as a tool, um, as a way of connecting with clients, maybe um, individual clients or a group, um, utilizing music um, as a connector, as a tool. So that could be using music um, to express emotion, using music to explore identity. Uh, maybe that's through songwriting. Maybe that's through um, musical improvisation. Somebody who is a client in music therapy does not need to have any previous musical background at all. So a big part of being a music therapist is helping people feel comfortable mm -hmm. with using music as a tool. Um, and in doing so, that can, that can increase self-esteem, confidence, 
Oh, that's great. I would think a lot of people might think that, that, oh, I have to be able to play an instrument or maybe sing well to participate in music therapy. But I think what you're saying is, no, you don't need to have that. So that's great. Absolutely not. And even a music therapist is not necessarily going to be like the best performing musician you've ever had in the room. They really, honestly, they, even if they are that, they should not be that in the therapy room um, because that could be intimidating to your client and you don't want that. Very true. Very, very true. I don't know if I want a concert pianist who's just going to town playing the piano as we're trying to do some music therapy there. I I hear you. So what are some common ways in which music therapy can be helpful? So like I said, like music therapy to increase maybe self-esteem, identity, um, utilizing music as a different form of expression. Sometimes people feel um, actually more intimidated by verbal therapy and might need a different way. So that can be music, sometimes that's art, uh, sometimes that's body movement. Mm-hmm. You can also, music therapy is used a lot with um, people with disabilities, people who maybe have some like social or communication um, delays and need other forms of, or other forms and also other kind of education around how do I express myself in a way that can be understood. That also um, emulates into working with people with like dementia or um, people who have had a stroke, sometimes um, music, while even if like verbal skills and verbal communication has become really difficult, music actually kind of remains. So you can have, you can be doing music therapy with someone who has dementia, who is maybe only able to say two to three words at a time, but can sing an entire song um, because that song is, familiar they've yeah. known it for their whole life and it is still there when you right. add the music then they have more words for a long time I did music therapy and hospice care so um sometimes that would look like you know what I just spoke to about like mm-hmm. people with dementia or stroke sometimes that would look like doing bedside music for somebody who's actively dying and um connecting uh my Usually at that point, I'd be doing improvisation and maybe connecting improvisation with the breathing. That can help slow down breathing a little bit. That can help increase comfort. And then if there's there are family members or other people in the room, it can help them have a quiet moment, um, maybe a container for actually being emotional. If up until that point, they've been dealing with all the logistical concerns of having a, a sick or dying family member. Um and then also sometimes in hospice care, we, we do um, like legacy work. So we'll work with a patient to maybe dedicate songs to their family for after they pass away. Okay. Um, maybe do songwriting with patients. Maybe do songwriting with family members. Um, I, I was on this podcast before talking about child bereavement, and I would use music with kids a lot to help them express their grief. Um, maybe do songwriting about the person they lost. Um, and I've also done music therapy in group settings. So I worked um, in an after-school program for LGBTQ youth, and we did songwriting. Um, and we ended up doing, and that that was kind of we were exploring identity and exploring community and connection and advocacy and self-advocacy. Um, and we ended up doing a kind of a show at the end 
of all of that. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah. So I could go on and on. There's yeah, so many, no, I so many ways music therapy can be helpful and used. It's amazing. Yeah. And so what should someone consider when looking for a music therapist? Music therapists for better and for worse kind of end up doing a lot of everything. I think something to be careful of when you're looking for a music therapist is to make sure that, you know, the person that you're working with does have actual like expertise and experience um, in whatever it is you're looking for. If you are somebody who, you know, has a specific desire in terms of what you might want to do with music, I would be sure to express that to a therapist when you're looking for somebody. Um, so if you're someone who maybe you want to do more music listening um, or maybe you want to do more active music making, or maybe you want um, to you like learn to use your voice in a different type of way. Um, you know, really make sure that you are looking like you are communicating that to whoever you know when you're looking for a therapist. And you know, I should also mention that music therapists work in such a large variety of settings. So some of the experience that you could be looking for would be like. Has this therapist worked with kids with autism? Have the therapist worked with developmental delays? Um, have they worked in psych? Have they worked in medical settings? Have they worked in end of life? Have they done bereavement? Have they done more like psychological, like anxiety, depression, um, PTSD, trauma work? Um, not every music therapist is going to have the same background. So it's important to check into that. Oh, that's a very good point. I don't think people would have uh, thought about that. So that's actually a really good point. Can you share with us some specific music uh, interventions that you would have used? I know you mentioned a few. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit more about them. Um, when I worked with kids who were um, grieving, like grieving children, um, especially for younger kids, we do a lot of improvisation. Um, so I would bring in musical instruments, like I had like a little keyboard, um, I had these, there are these things called boom whackers, which are um, these tubes that are cut to a certain like length, um, which gives it a pitch, a certain pitch. And you basically bang it on the ground and it lets that pitch out. So that you're making music fun. as you're experiencing some sort of catharsis. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, and sometimes, you know, you can use chimes or something like that. Sometimes I use chimes. So like the person who was, ill and the kid could play together um, and kids are pretty open um, to being able to kind of actually emote through music like express an emotion through music or maybe even express a story through music mm -hmm. um, so I give a lot of kind of open space for them to do that um, another intervention would be songwriting um, so that can be original songwriting from scratch that can be taking a, like a, maybe a preferred song and um, changing the words around to actually express what you want to express. Taking someone else's favorite song, changing the words and dedicating it to them. So those, those um, interventions I would do more with older, like teens. Um, another one would be maybe creating playlists for coping. So mm -hmm. maybe a mm -hmm. playlist for, um, you know, if you want to connect more with your emotion, if you want to emote a playlist for that, mm -hmm. um, a playlist for if you want to feel more motivated to get up and go out or something, um, a playlist 
that helps you reminisce about someone you're thinking about or missing. I like that idea. That's a great idea to have different playlists. Playlists when you're needing a little bit of a, a pep talk, you know, getting motivated. So having songs in that playlist that do that for you, having a playlist mm-hmm. that maybe you're feeling a little bit more sad. And, mm-hmm. and so maybe you're, you have a playlist dedicated to that. Um, yeah, that's a really great idea. And, and, and that's great coping skill right there. I think music is such a coping skill for so many people. I, I see that particularly with teenagers. Uh, that's one of their biggest coping skills. But yeah, I think just across the board, you know, just yeah. so many people enjoy music. Yeah. It's, and it's any, a big part of like identity formation too for adolescents. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of rides with you into adulthood. Very true. Very true. Is there any specific uh, genre of music that you're a huge fan of? I I think that being a music therapist has kind of made that a hard question for me because I've done so much exploring of music with and for my clients. Um, but lately I've landed kind of at like, kind of like hip hop and, and um, music that'll just get me up, like get me moving. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Definitely. Is there any other takeaways you'd like to share about music therapy? Um, I, you know, I, at this point in my career, I'm a little bit separated from music therapy. I've kind of switched into doing more verbal counseling and I'm, and I'm learning um, other techniques like, like DBT and um, learning more about IFS and things like that. Um, I should CBT meaning dialectical behavioral therapy, IFS mm-hmm. meaning internal family systems work. Um, and part of the reason for that for me is that the profession of music therapy hasn't done a great job of advocating for itself and its um, members. So music therapists are often underpaid. Uh, um, okay. It's unfortunately, continues to be a bachelor's level entry field. So um, that perpetuates this kind of like lower salary and also um the reputation of music therapists as being kind of like entertainment um which sometimes look it looks that way because sometimes you might see a new music therapist maybe leading a sing-along at a nursing home um which does have clinical benefit mm-hmm. but it appears to the world like entertainment right right um and so i you know in terms of people who would ever, who would be interested in becoming a music therapist, um, I would say approach it with caution and um, make sure that the school program that you are looking for um, can help you get like your counseling license or something else that can help you um, earn more money and, and have more options. The other issue is that music therapy is not yet um, licensed in most states. There's a lot of work going mm. towards getting them Okay. licensed in more and more states pa is not one of them yet okay um, so therefore we can't we most of the time can't get reimbursed by insurance um, which is also limiting in terms of what jobs we can get so um so yeah just if if there's someone interested in the profession approach it with um caution and, and care yeah sounds like a dual program of like music therapy and clinical counseling or or programs like that would be really helpful to have both yeah Drexel's program here in Philly um is only it's two years it's very it's a lot two years and two summers but they give you everything you need to then be able to get supervision for your LPC 
at Temple, I had to kind of take extra classes so I could get supervision for my own. Well, thank you, Jay. Thank you for sharing all this information about music therapy with us. And I'm sure our listeners, you know, some of our listeners might even been like, boy, I didn't know music therapy was truly a thing and that one can get, you know, a degree in it and credentialed for it. And Or maybe other listeners were like, wow, I want to have that more incorporated in, in what I do for my own mental health therapy. So thank you very much for sharing your information about music yeah. therapy with us. Yeah, you're very welcome. And I think I, I, I want to add too that, um, sure. you know, once, if you do go to school for music therapy, you end up sitting for an exam, you get a certification. Um, and you do need to get that in order to really practice it. Um, and then you can get a, you can also get a master's degree. You can get a PhD in music therapy. Oh, so who knew? You can literally be a doctor right. of music, huh? <laughs> a doctor of music Correct. therapy. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Jay. Appreciate you. You're very welcome. I would also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Chris Kelman, and Juliano Widen. Take care, everyone.